This is Colin Ree with Project Spurs, and today I wanted to discuss, now that the NBA trade deadline season is over and behind us by about a month at this point, start looking at what's ahead for the Spurs in terms of what kind of cap space will they have in the offseason, and what will the roster look like, also maybe what tools they'll have available to them in terms of signing new free agents. So, as of now... The guaranteed contracts on the books for the 2021-22 season for the San Antonio Spurs will be DeJounte Murray, Jakob Pertl, Vassell, Devin Vassell, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, Luka Samanich, Keldon Johnson, and Trey Jones. They will also have guaranteed money from waiving Damari Carroll on their books. This will be the last year of them having that the last season of them having that and the season of 22 23 they will no longer owe damari carroll any money they also have two kind of non-guaranteed type of situations one is a non-guaranteed contract for drew eubanks which they will almost certainly guarantee and they will be able to offer a qualifying offer to quindary weatherspoon and if they do he will become a restricted free agent at that point all of this together Considering that the cap is projected to be at about $112 million next season, gives the Spurs about $50 million in cap space. You know, give or take a couple million, depending on what they do with Eubanks or Weatherspoon. And so one of the things that we talk about when we, when we discuss teams having cap space or being above the cap or whatever are several of the different exceptions. And some of those will come into play here. So, for instance, if a player has been with a team, that player, as a free agent, will have several types of exceptions that the team can use to re-sign that player. If they've only been with the team for one season, the team can sign them with non-bird rights. If they have been with the team for two seasons, they can use early bird rights. And if they have been with the team for three seasons, they can use full bird rights. So each of those kind of is different in terms of how much the team can offer that player above the salary cap compared to what their last season's salary was. I believe the non-bird salary is 120%, but for the bird uh, exception, a team can offer a player whatever amount of salary, even if it goes above the hard or above the salary cap. The only exception would be that they cannot go above the hard cap if they have activated the hard cap under one of the several conditions that do so. Well, what would stop a team then from lining up all of their best free agents that have been on the team for three years? So let's say the Warriors back in their day when they were a super dominant team, 2015, 2016, they won 73 games. They have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. What would stop them from kind of lining up a situation where all of their players are free agents at once and they have bird rights on Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green so they could go and re-sign, you know, like $100 million in salary and then use bird rights to sign Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green way above the cap and now they have this super expensive team but it's super awesome because they were able to sign all these players with $100 million in cap space. What's to stop that when it comes to having like bird exceptions. Well, the NBA did think of that 
And so one of the things that is put in place to stop such a thing is called cap holds. So if a NBA player was on a team one season and they become a free agent, kind of no matter how long they were on the team, as long as they would be eligible for non-bird, early bird, or bird rights, which is every free agent that was on a team when the season ended, they have what is called a cap hold. And that cap hold is... Uh, determined by years of service and kind of what their most recent contract was. And it's kind of the NBA's best guess at using this very broad stroke to say, oh, well, you know, if this player got this much before and this is what the cap is now and this is how long they've played, you know, maybe this player is worth this much now. And, And it's not done by player. It's just kind of a general formula that's used. And so basically that cap hold goes on the book until that player's bird rights are either waived, which means that now the team cannot use the non-bird, early bird, or bird exception to sign that player. They just have to use cap space to re-sign that player if they waive the bird rights or the cap hold. Or once they sign the player, that cap hold goes away and whatever they sign that player for now goes on to the books. So it's kind of complicated, but just like I talked about as which players are on the books for next season. As of when the offseason starts, the Spurs will also have cap holds for the following players. They'll have cap, a cap hold for Trey Lyles at about $7.2 million. They'll have a cap hold for Quindary Weatherspoon at a one, about $1.7 million. They will have a cap hold for DeMar DeRozan at $38.2 million. A cap hold for Gorgie Jang at $1.7 million. Cap hold for Patty Mills at 20.3 million and a cap hold for Rudy Gay at 21.8 million. And all of these numbers come from basketball insiders. Eric Pincus, who runs the site, does an amazing job at compiling this information and making it very readily available. And he is very accurate with this information. So if you look at all those cap holds, all of a sudden, you know, you just look at DeRozan and Mills alone, and that puts the Spurs way over the cap all of a sudden with those cap holds. So what that means is if the Spurs want to use cap space in the summer of 2021 or the off season of 2021, they will have to waive some of those cap holds or sign those players to a smaller amount. So in the case of DeMar DeRozan, his cap hold is 38.2 million. Well, there's probably no one who's going to offer him that much money. So if the Spurs do want to resign him, they might be able to come up with an agreement where they pay him for something in the low 20s for multiple seasons. And now that cap hold is off their book and they are paying him for 20 something million. But that cap hold from 38 million to 23 million, you know, that's a $15 million difference that they're making up on their cap sheet for the summer of 2021. A player like Lyles, they can just say, okay, we're waiving the cap hold. And now they lose the ability to re-sign him with early bird rights, which they would have had before. But if they're not expecting to re-sign him, they would need to waive that so that they can use that cap space on something else. So what happens though, because the Spurs have been an over the cap team, quote unquote, for the past couple seasons, which means that they've had access to the mid-level exception which gives them about $10 million that they can use to sign one or multiple players over the cap. What those exceptions have cap holds to. So the mid-level exception and the biannual exception, which is about 3.5 to $4 million. Those also have cap holds. So if a team goes under the cap 
under the salary cap by more than the exceptions cap hold. So like, let's say they go under the salary cap by 11 million. So they're more than the mid-level under. They lose the mid-level exception and now they are operating as an under the cap team. And then they gain access to a new quote unquote mid-level exception called the room mid-level exception that is given to teams with uh, cap space. So if the Spurs said, we are waiving the cap holds for Trey Lyles, for Gorgie Jang, for Patty Mills, for Rudy Gay, and we're going to sign DeRozan at this cheaper amount, they would have about 25 to 28 million, 30 million, depending on what they would sign DeRozan to, left in cap space, but they would go so far under the the salary cap that they would lose their mid-level exception and their biannual exception, but they would gain the room mid-level exception or sometimes just called the room exception. The room exception is about 4.7 million this season and it will go up by as much as the cap goes up. So let's just assume that in this next upcoming off season, it'll be around 5 million. You can sign a player for two years using the room exception. And you can have 5% raises on that deal. Um, I'm getting all this exception data from Larry Kuhn's CBA FAQ, which is an amazing resource if you have any salary cap related questions. So just as kind of like a quick strategy idea, the Spurs have been linked to several of the big man restricted free agents. They can offer a max qualifying or not qualifying. They can offer a max offer sheet to these players and still retain a player like Patty Mills by if they came to some sort of agreement, which I think his market value would be higher than this, but he might give the Spurs that kind of discount. He could sign the room exception with the Spurs for around $5 million for two years, and the Spurs could go over the cap to sign him. If his leadership, which you know is very important to the Spurs, the Spurs want to bring him back. You know Mills likes being in San Antonio. They come to this agreement. So the Spurs can use all of their cap space on kind of giving an offer sheet to one of these young power forward wing type players, re-signing DeRozan, and then um, giving the room exception to Patty Mills. And then they can kind of build out the rest of their roster, which is already pretty fleshed out at that point with mid-level or minimum contracts and with two-way contracts. And that kind of is one way that they can build in this offseason. If DeRozan does want to leave, they could waive his uh, cap hold, and then they could try to go after one of these restricted free agent big men wing type players, and then they would still have quite a bit of salary remaining to fill out their rotation. Um, If I'm doing my math right, they would have 15 to 20 million at least under the cap, which considering the Spurs rotation would already be pretty solid, that could go a long way in kind of filling out the rest of their rotation. So as it stands for the Spurs cap space and kind of how they will handle this offseason, they are set up pretty well in terms of their financial flexibility, but they can also bring back DeRozan and still kind of make a big swing um, in terms of trying to bring in another young player that they might have to pay a good bit for. So this has been my first audio piece explaining the salary cap situation for this offseason. We will certainly have way more coverage of this type of thing as the offseason gets closer, but I just kind of wanted to touch in real quick now that the trade deadline is over and we kind of know exactly where the Spurs will be at financially until the offseason. So we will continue this series again, maybe do another piece or two before the season ends, but really get into this type of content um, once the season is over and as we start getting closer to the offseason. So again, this has been Colin Reed with Project Spurs. Have a great day.